0: Chapter 9 of Tea Its Mystery and History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Fournier, Marshall, Virginia. Tea Its Mystery and History by Samuel Phillips Day. Chapter 9 The Virtues of the Leaf dr letsam in a work published over a century since avers that the infusion of tea possesses two peculiarities the first a sedative quality and the next considerable stringency by which the relaxing power is corrected so that the solids become strengthened and braced indeed this writer goes so far as to pronounce tea far preferable to any other known vegetable infusion if not drunk too hot or in too copious quantities asserting that if we take into consideration its known enlivening energy our attachment to it will appear to be owing to its superiority in taste and effects to most other vegetables dr edward smith speaks of the cup that cheers but not inebriates as being a potent agent and as increasing the quantity of carbonic acid emitted by the lungs and the quantity of air inspired while at the same time it gives greater depth and freedom to the respiration it is chiefly in its power he remarks to increase the respiratory process that it acts so favourably and in so doing the transformation of starchy and fatty food is promoted then he shows its vast advantages to the poor by remarking in the dietaries of the poor where the meal must consist chiefly of bread a substance not particularly savoury nor digested with great rapidity the warm tea enables the recipient more readily to masticate and swallow the dry bread or the bread with very little fat upon it and so by its action to assist digestion the eminent dr Parks avers that tea possesses a decidedly stimulative and restorative action on the nervous system while at the same time it obviates succeeding depression this writer regards tea as a most useful article in cases of fever when administered in the form of a cold weak solution and as being of great service to gouty subjects and to those of a rheumatic tendency especially such as labor under lithic acid diathesis when drunk without sugar and with little milk tea has been known to save life in cases of poisoning by tartar emetic the tannin being the active agent dr lewis's testimony also goes to support the medicinal importance of tea he mentions how it strengthens the stomach and intestines is good against indigestion nausea and diarrhea refreshes the spirit in heaviness and sleepiness and counteracts the operation of inebriating liquors some men of mark in their day were notorious for their tea-drinking predilections dr johnson himself may be fairly set down as a tea-gourmet then returning to more modern times see how the genial lee hunt bursts forth into rapture when describing the virtues of the beneficent plant free from the cunning transformation practised upon it by unprincipled traders surely this gifted writer must have had a cup of messrs horniman and company's specialité served to him when he could elaborate upon it thus it was not green tea it was not black tea neither too young nor too old not unpleasing with astringency on the one hand Nor with the insipid, half earthy taste of decayed vegetable matter on the other. It was tea in its most perfect state, full charged with aroma, which, when it was opened, diffused its fragrance through the whole apartment, putting all other perfumes to shame. Oh, heavens, to sip that most exquisite cup of delight was bliss almost too great for earth a thousand years of rapture, all concentrated into the space of a minute, as if the joy of all the world had been skimmed from my peculiar drinking, I should rather say imbibing, for to have swallowed that liquid like an ordinary beverage, without tasting every drop, would have been sacrilege. Professor James F. W. Johnston likewise bears testimony to the value of this tropical beverage he remarks in the life of most persons a period arrives when the stomach no longer digests enough of the ordinary elements of food to make up for the natural daily waste of the bodily substance the size and weight of the body therefore begin to diminish more or less perceptibly at this period tea comes in as a medicine to arrest the waste to keep the body from falling away so fast and thus to enable the less energetic powers of digestion still to supply as much as is needed to repair the wear and tear of the solid tissues of course the chemical value of tea as a beverage depends upon the presence of volatile oil thein tannin and gluten the four substances forming its most important ingredients, and the proportions in which these exist. If tea be not genuine, or if it undergoes the artificial process of colouring, its character and efficacy become proportionally impaired. It is unfortunately too true that the market is glutted with tea, which is either not tea at all, or else is excessively adulterated. On the testimony of the House of Commons, millions of pounds of sloe, licorice, and ash-tree leaves are every year mixed with Chinese teas for England. It is well known that the leaves of the Sharapal, a Californian bush, are largely exported to China when they return packed under the title of tea. A startling exposure was made a few years since of the tea-rubbish-styled finest new-season keisau, and fine aunfa kaungu, sold in bond at one and a quarter penny to one and three quarters penny per pound. Upon analysis, the former was found to contain an enormous amount of mineral matter, chiefly iron filings, while the latter proved a mixture of re-dried tea-leaves, straw, fragments of matting, rice husks willow leaves and the excrement of silkworms the malou mixture likewise once gained an unenviable notoriety as did the extra-fine moyenne gunpowder put up for sale by auction in mincing lane and in which dr letheby discovered over forty per cent of iron filings and nineteen per cent of silica tea is adulterated in two ways. The foreign dealers first practice their arts upon it by having recourse to dried leaves, and by facing, a process which necessitates the use of Prussian blue, silica, gypsum, plumbago, lamp-black, ferruginous earth, and other abominations. Mr. Fortune, in his interesting work, reveals the whole secret. Upon reading his graphic account of how tea is elaborated for the European market, one almost turns aghast, and with good reason, as there might be ample cause to suspect death in the pot. Indeed, the people of China are themselves disgusted at the tricks of traders, who carry on their fraudulent practices without concealment. A Chinese journal thus gives expression to the public sentiment. The wonder is that such stuff, referring to redried and recoloured leaves, should be suffered to be manufactured, much less to be shipped as a lawful export, for Chinese law expressly prohibits the remanipulation of tea that has once been used, on the obvious and common-sense principle that such a trade is necessarily, in its very essence, fraudulent. Yet, in the face of this well-known maxim, it is one of the thousand proofs which we have of the utter rottenness of the present administration that all round the settlement in every convenient open space large quantities of what is termed with ominous propriety the mixture lie exposed to the sun at noonday in some cases within a hundred yards of the mixed court yamen and not only so But there are establishments, well known to the police, where the mixture is fired, leaded, packed, sold, and dispatched for shipment, and experience has shown that it is useless to expect conviction under Chinese law from a Chinese magistrate. The same journal, referring to a peculiar kind of willow which grows abundantly in the country, the leaves of which are utilized by tea manufacturers, observes one needs not the expensive craft of the cha se to know how neatly a little skilful manipulation and a little heat applied secundum artem can transform these willow leaves into genuine and delicate tea-leaves whether the mercantile result be intended to astonish the palates of old ladies in london or glasgow or to pass as genuine souchong with skippers who have little knowledge of tea we know not. But the fact remains that the trade thrives well and pays. Nevertheless, there is still good and pure tea produced in China, and merchants in London who import it in an unadulterated condition, albeit a very large percentage of the 188 million pounds annually consumed in Great Britain, is spurious. One mercantile firm in particular, has gained a wide and well-deserved reputation for the purity and excellent character of their importations i refer with pleasure to messrs horniman and company london who for nearly forty years have assiduously laboured to supply the public with both green and black tea free from all mineral facing powder as what passes through the Wormwood Street warehouses to their agents all over the country is subjected to no deteriorating and deleterious manipulation in China, its perfect purity can implicitly be relied upon. The Chinese letter which accompanied the first shipment by Messrs. Horniman of tea into England is quite original and unique. The translation reads thus. The Flourishing Farm This is truly the very best tea, prepared with additional labor and free from coloring matter. The educated, or experienced, merchant, who is competent to consider it, will please to take notice of its clear and genuine quality. We are honored by your good orders and shall proceed at once to the packing the testimony afforded by several eminent analytical authorities in favour of messieurs horniman's importations is so satisfactory that nothing further can well be desired the earliest of those documents is from dr andrew yur fellow royal society professor of chemistry who declares that upon chemical and microscopic examination of the samples taken from the bonded warehouses he found them both black and green to be perfectly free from all extraneous colouring matter and in every respect genuine tea professor yur further observes the characteristic appearance of your green tea namely the dull olive hue is unmistakably different to the bright blue tint of the ordinary green teas of commerce which is artificially imparted this particular feature offers a perfect safeguard for the purity of the tea in contrast with such sophisticated teas as I have sometimes been called upon to examine professionally for the Honorable Board of Excise, and which were coated with various powders that rendered them more or less unwholesome for use as an alimentary beverage. Dr. Arthur Hill Hassel, analyst of the County Sanitary Commission, and a well-known writer and authority on dietetics, after minutely describing the tests to which he subjected the tea submitted to him for analysis concludes in the following words these investigations enable me confidently to assume that the consumers of tea now having fairly the choice of both the sophisticated and the pure will not be slow in choosing between the wholesome natural kinds and those which are got up for appearance and in order to realize higher prices through their defects being hidden or glazed over, with the powdered colors employed. The latest report is from the same authority and bears a recent date. The opinion at first pronounced is therein but more strongly confirmed. The tea is characterized as being perfectly pure, of superior quality, and free from facing. Moreover, the packages which the analyst purchased from some of messieurs horneman's agents he affirms after careful examination to correspond as regards purity and excellence of quality with those teas obtained from the docks and from messieurs horneman's wholesale warehouses in london nor do authors and publicists of weight refrain from offering willing testimony in favour of Messrs. horneman's special importation dr Scofern remarks how its delicious flavor fully confirms its entire freedom from the usual powdered color that he is very partial to tea and that in consequence of having long taken the pure beverage his palate has become the more critical the only certain way to obtain truly cheap and choice tea is to purchase the leaf without the usual mineral facing powder. That the public highly appreciate real economy is evident from the large and increasing trade carried on for the past forty years by Messrs. Horniman and Company, the original importers of the pure tea. Further, the agents of the firm throughout the kingdom, through Messrs. Horniman's direct operations, offer great advantages to the public as they sell in the most distant neighborhoods the same reliable article, at the same fixed price, as their most extensive city or West End agents. In another article on tea consumption appears the following. Since the recent parliamentary report on tea appeared, there has been a more general disinclination to use any that has been covered by the Chinese with mineral color, for this report exposed the fact that it is done to hide the brownness of wintry growths and enable them when so disguised to be sold mixed off with the best at high rates from a lengthened experience i can bear testimony to the excellent and delicious character of horniman's pure tea while i am convinced that all who appreciate a strong rich full-flavoured beverage possessing in addition a delicious flavour and aroma must arrive at the like conclusion. End of chapter nine.